edition of the red and white podcast i'm evan here my co-host dustin and we are going to talk about the most depressing week of nc state football that i can remember yeah (laughs) did you think he was going to make the kick uh i did yeah Uh, that made it worse i thought he was going to make it because it was straight on because it was you know all the factors were there but i was watching the game out of town with a couple of friends of mine who are not state fans don't really pay attention to it before the game I was talking about the struggles that our kicker has so I expected something along those lines um, it still doesn't sting any less that I expected it to a degree I just thought he was going to make it I thought it was an easy enough kick that he was he was going to make it yeah I was watching it um, kind of the the ultimate awful situation. I was watching at the home of Clemson grads who live in Chapel Hill. Oh, Jesus. So it was just, it was bad. The whole thing felt wrong. So it might be my fault, but no, I mean, it was, it was a chip shot a little more than an extra point. I was apparently one of the few who was good with coaching to make the kick. If that makes any sense. Uh, it does make sense, and I, I don't think you're alone. Um, yeah, people were upset, I, and I'm, I just don't get it. It's, here's the way I look at it, right? You can you can second guess and you can nitpick all you want, but if you started this game and said we'd have a 33-yard straight field goal to beat Clemson at home, you would take it 10 out of 10 times. Oh, yeah. And... Whether or not you can second guess, oh, they should have run Matt Days a few, little more. Why did you try to roll out? Well, they tried to roll out or they tried to throw a little play action because they were trying to be aggressive. Finley did what he needed to do. It wasn't there. Clemson blew it up. He took a dive in the middle of the field, straight on field goal. I take those chances all day. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's what you do. You have to trust the kicker is going to make that. Yeah. Like, that's... It's fundamental football. That was set up perfectly. You know, coaching didn't make the, the kick go wide right. And, I don't know, I was just seeing so much stuff of, oh, Doran lost that game, mismanaged. No, he didn't. Like, that was, he outcoached Dabo on Saturday. 100%. Yeah, I the think whole game. 100%. Top to bottom, our coaches had a better game plan. They executed better. And they were just, they were ready to play. And you can say, well, you know, Clemson turned it over five times. That wasn't because they were playing uh, the school for the blind here. The guys are playing hard. Yeah. They give them some credit there. Deshaun Watson's Watson's first ever pick six. I mean, we played tough defense. They did exactly what they wanted them to do. They weren't going to let Clemson throw any big bombs. They let them get some underneath stuff. You know, whatever. Not a big deal. I Top to bottom – I won that game. I just, you know, I don't understand the the disconnect between the people who think that was Doran's fault that we lost that game. I mean, you have to play for the your kicker, albeit didn't have a great year last year. He's four for five this year, or he was four for five this year. Right. So you play for it, right? You gotta you gotta have trust that the kid can make a thirty three yard field goal straight on. Now, do you trust him in that same situation again? I don't know, but at that time, that's the right play. That's the right call. You still have to trust him. I mean, you have no other options, I imagine. I think you have to. I had a problem with one thing in that game, and that was the just mine's bigger than yours throw to open our overtime possession. I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I think they were trying to be – I don't know if they're trying to be aggressive or if that was a bad decision by Finley. I think that the play was there. I think it was a bad throw. That was part of it. Um, I think at that point, everybody was just kind of demoralized and they didn't rally as well as they could have. But, you know, again, that's nitpicking. I think after you miss, you give away the easiest opportunity you'll ever have to win. 
what I see as the biggest game we've ever had, maybe outside of the 2010 Maryland game for the – would have put us in the ACC title game. Oh. Yeah, right? Told you it's most depressing. At, I'd already looked at, like, Orange Bowl tickets and hotel rooms. and. <laughs> I mean, that that was a, a program-changing kick. Yeah. And it sounds – I don't think you can overstate it. I mean, you make that kick, you beat Clemson at home, you end all kinds of records that they have going, longest home win streak, things like that, and you're in first place in the ACC Atlantic with essentially, I mean, you have some games left, but they're really the next best team on your schedule is Louisville. And we'll get into them a little bit more, but that's why that one just still stings, man. It's been two days now and it's still like sits in my gut i can't believe we missed that kick yeah it was uh it was pretty much one of the worst sports days of my life yeah um state and then tennessee just getting curb stomped after that and go ahead and add sunday on and the panthers are just terrible so football is terrible i don't i don't like it anymore (laughs) (laughs) just wait till basketball season man but, uh, uh, I don't want to. I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I I just can't believe you missed that kick. I don't. I don't think there's any. I don't second guess any of the coaching. I think it was. I, I, even Huxel had a good game plan, and they executed a good game plan. Yeah, I was kind of shocked looking, or saw before the game somewhere Twitter or something, like our defense was ranked like eighth overall. Yeah, somewhere in the game. top 15, yeah. It depends mean, on the category, but yeah. You know, Watson threw for 378, so that took a hit. But um, overall, not bad. Scoring yeah. defense is probably – number is probably still pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have a 100-yard rusher. In fact, they're leading rusher at 56 yards. Yeah. I mean – Mike Williams, though, he's going to play on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he's good. You can't argue that. But I think we did a decent job – not letting him blow up I mean, he had 146 in the touchdown, but yeah, he didn't do worse. anything that would, yeah, he didn't take over. Right. We've seen guys in that same position with those same numbers have just dominated a game. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, I can't believe I missed that kick, but I guess we have to say it. I, I don't, don't condone anybody who's talking trash to Bambard or, you know, any of that stuff. I mean, that's just, you got to grow up. You can't do that. It's just not, I don't know, be human, right? Just have a heart. Kids got it bad enough. I mean, you can be frustrated with it and with him missing it, but don't like hate the guy. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I want to go that's just immature a little harder and say, you're a complete piece of shit. If you tweeted stuff to him like that. Right. Like if, if you're listening, I hope you don't listen anymore. Cause okay. I try and be savage in all aspects of life, but that's, <laughs> it's a kid, somebody right. tweeting into slit his own throat. Come on, grow up. Yeah. Like, you're just a terrible person. So. Anyway. I, I think that's horrible. I did, I did like the UNC kicker tweeted something to Bambard, you know, like supportive. It was a Theodore Roosevelt quote. I mean, that's you got, I gotta have a little respect for that, even though he is a Tar Heel and I have to hate him by law. Uh, you know that's that's respectable. Oh yeah, it was great. It was. Yeah, they're uh, their own little cult of weird people, you know. So that's right. That's right. I guess that's kickers are strange. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's I, good to see. I mean, I was as frustrated with anybody, but you got to draw the line somewhere. You got anything else? I think we need to do like the team and just move on from Clemson. Well, I guess what I'll say is that I think this week will be, we'll kind of know what, um, it's going to be Dave Jordan's toughest coaching job. Yeah. He, it, without a doubt, it's going to be the hardest thing to get the guys ready for this week and get them motivated and rebound to go play another excellent team a team that can score a team with the, uh, by all means, the guy's going to win the Heisman. Yeah. I was tweeting about that this morning, how it's, it doesn't even have to be a win, but it's got to be competitive. 
Right. If you do that and then you play, you know, two top ten teams two weeks in a row, even if they're L's, if they're competitive, I mean, those are games we weren't in before. So there's progress, but there's going to be a mental roadblock until kickoff Saturday. So yeah. it's just not concentrating on that and getting past it, which is going to be tough. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think it is. Uh, it's going to be. I mean, really hard. But I, at the positive side, I think it shows you how close you are as a program, right? We've we've supported Dave Torn, right? I think you have to give him his time. And then this year, you know, it's been inconsistent. You can kind of second guess some of the things. But they're a kicker away from being six and zero. Yeah. And I don't know if we're a 6-0 and team, but they're a lot better than we have been, and they're probably a lot better than most people expected to be this year. If you look at the you know, the preseason, everybody, even Pack fans, were picking up 6-6. Six and six. Right. But I, I think we're a better team than that, whether or not we win that or not. I mean, you know, it, I think it, we should be better than 6-6, six and because six. if you look, Miami and Florida State aren't what they were a month ago. Right. So I'm adding two more. You know, there's two more possible wins, even if you lose Saturday. So you're sitting with three losses. There's four wins still out there, you know. Nine and three is on the table. Yeah. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's still on the table. So I think the the jury the jury's got to still be out. You can't have an agenda and say Dave Dorn's costing us these games. He may or may not be, but he's also put us in a position to be – really close in winning that game. He's put us in the position where we can't make that call right now. Right, exactly. So there's no need for that at this time. You know, if the next three weeks go awful, then sure, come at it. But right, he's earned a break, you know? A- absolutely. Yeah, Deserves some reprieve from all the, the criticism, at Us least included, right now. You know? Yeah, absolutely. The one, well... Outside of losing, the other downside of losing like that is that Dave Dorn, let's say going into like the fourth quarter, right? Everybody on social media, and again, this is what we talked about this last week. National media media is calling for like this is awful calls. How can you not call these things? Or blatant? I mean, it was thirteen zero in penalties. Yeah, and had we that. lost that game by like ten, I wish. Dave Dorn would have gone to the podium and just said, F you, F Swafford, F the refs. <laughs> like, it was just, it's completely unfair. We, I mean, they dictated that game. They missed face masks and the pass interference calls. Every one of them went against us. You know, Mike Stevens is playing hard, plays, goes for a ball, pass interference. Same thing that Clemson DB does. Nothing. Yeah, the one that really hurt was, uh, the missed face mask right before the block. Face kick. mask. Yep. I mean, we should have yeah, been kicking, that, you know? We would have had a first yeah, that and goal. Put us at, it would have been first and goal, but it would have been first and goal from like the three. Yeah. So, you know, that and, sucks. Yeah. So it's just, it's, so you could just see him just teeing up, like, all right, he's going to go off, right? He can't take this another week. It would have been a chance to kind of defend his team. But now if you do it, you're just kind of a whiny bitch because your kicker kicker missed a 33-yard <laughs> field goal. So it's like double kicking the balls. I did see uh, Debbie Al tweet that they always send like a list of what they see as missed calls to the conference. And then I was looking up farther where someone had tweeted that, you know, well, that's not enough. It was awful. And then she just replied, agreed. So – there again, there's nothing they can do about it, but speak up, right? I, I don't think you. I mean, they're gonna find you what twenty grand, nothing. Debbie'll write that out of her budget. Take it. I mean, I think it's worth it. At some point, you have to stand up and defend your players, defend your team, defend everybody. That you need. All you need is fair treatment. Yeah, you're gonna call it on us. Call it on everybody else, because this is, you know, it's not right. Now the the false starts and some of those things, you know, you can't blame anybody else for those. The Clemson defensive line was jumping around like, I don't know what they were jumping around. And 
I think our guys were just kind of anxious, and it, it happens, right? It wasn't a, a big deal with the face masks and the PIs and the, the big penalties. I mean, that ain't right. It's, nope. it's just not fair, and, and that's frustrating. It's, it, you know, when you can change the game like that in favor of the, the team that's supposed to win, right? I mean, that's that's how the what Steve Logan said. The refs don't intentionally make those calls, but they know who's supposed to win. Yeah, I, I usually agree with Steve Logan, but he, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was something along the lines of State's just not mature enough to win that game yet. And I just, like, they they missed a kick. There's no, there's nothing there, man. You're, you're grasping. Well, yeah, I, I'm not saying everything he says is right, but that, at least that analogy to me, it makes or oh, yeah. you know, it makes sense. It's, I don't know. I I don't know what you do with it, with the kicking. I mean, it, it, I don't know if Bam Bart will ever be able to kick again. I mean, if he's mentally, he might be done. You know, just something like that can fry you. Do you go go soccer team find somebody can kick? I mean, That's the Jackson Maple try man. it. That's just I just don't know that you got to use I somebody guess. on the team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have Maples and Haskins, but Haskins cost us the ECU game. Indir- I mean, indirectly. But I, I just I don't know what you do. I, I don't envy Dorn's position there, that's for sure. No, but there's – it is what it is. <laughs> I don't know. It's It's a shitty situation, and there's help coming, but it's not going to be this year, so – yeah. Anyway, let's move on from Clemson. I know everybody else is frustrated. Let's just put this one behind us. It, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Maybe go beat Louisville and you know, kind of make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's one way to think of it. I'm I'm stretching here, fellas. You know, I'm trying. Anyway, Louisville this week. We go to Louisville. Do you have any quick thoughts here before we bring in uh, former Louisville walk-on, a, a very good friend of mine? Uh, I think he'll have a, an interesting perspective here. But what, what are your quick thoughts? How's this game going to go? I can't think of a worse matchup. Um, I, I'm more scared of them than I am Clemson. I would love to have Boston College this week. Yeah. To just rebound from that. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I don't know. It, it, I didn't think we had a chance in in Clemson either, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's bring in my buddy, former Louisville walk on. You can follow him on Twitter, Biggest Biscuit, maybe the best Twitter handle ever. Uh, he talks Louisville ACC, general hot sports takes. And of course, barbecue. Dave Skull, thanks for joining us. No problem, man. Glad to glad to be on with you. So I know you watched our game this week, or at least saw what happened. Give us your ten cent high level overview from an outsider's perspective. Man, I was I was rooting hard for you all. It seems like uh, you ran into what every ACC team seems to run into in, in Clemson, and that's a uh, an unfriendly flag and. An unruly crowd. I mean, you guys had the same thing we had going on in the first quarter with the penalties. Yeah. Uh, the false starts seemed to seem to hurt you at the worst possible time. Um, and the stalling in the red zone, those missed field goals. I mean, they, you guys outplayed them. You know that for eighty percent of the game, and just uh, just took one on the chin. I was uh, I was rooting for you, man. I uh, initially didn't think we could get Clemson. To, Two losses, but you guys gave me hope for a while there. <laughs> Man, it was, it was close. It was a rough one, yeah. It was. I mean, I, I joined the club, did. dude. We had we had our own rough one the week before. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys hit like a thirty-three yard field goal, and our receiver cuts inside, and we're talking about two different games. A- absolutely, God, it's just so painful. All right, we'll try, let's try to move on. Let's try to move on to happier topics yeah. this weekend. Uh, though probably the worst matchup possible for NC State following that game. I don't know. We were just talking about, I don't know how you get 
as emotionally ready for a game like this after a game like that. But as a Louisville fan, what are you expecting? You know, I, um, I have a lot of respect for your squad, and that's not just paying you lip service. I do. Um, I, uh, especially your run defense, uh, the, best, the best way to stay in the game with us, and this is not talk. I, like I said, I have a lot of respect for your team. The best way to, to render Lamar Jackson human is to stay in your lanes and to keep um, – contain so if you have edge discipline and lane discipline you can at least frustrate the kid to a degree um what i'm looking for uh and the thing that i watch most of the time being a former offensive lineman as mediocre as i was um is the matchup in the trenches our offensive line for the most part has been really solid this year um but like I said, if you're playing against Lamar Jackson and our uh, read option, if you can keep lane, lane discipline and edge discipline, you can you can at least make hay with us. And you, I know you all are doing really well against the run this year, um, and frankly on defense in general. So that's that's the matchup I'm looking at. I th- I think that's right. I, I no fans weren't sure what to expect because we've kind of been all over the place competition wise and inconsistencies. But I I think after watching the the Clemson game. I think there's people need to realize that our defensive line is actually pretty good and uh, it is going to be an interesting matchup. I I feel like we've played Louisville close to the last few years, albeit you've won them both and pulled away, but I think the games have been pretty good from what I remember. Absolutely. Yeah, they were. Um, The uh, obviously our squad is, is a lot different than last year. uh, Yeah. Because several factors, but the two things that were our biggest question marks last year were our offensive line and our quarterback position. Uh, one has been uh, obviously very publicly um, sewn up and uh, <laughs> dealt with <laughs> by uh, Lamar Jackson, who is, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, spend the whole time talking about him, but he is just as good as you think, as you, you've heard he is, uh, but he is young. So basically, Lamar, I've never seen anybody do things on the, on the football field that he's done, especially as a 19-year-old kid. Um, but uh, between him and our five uh, offensive linemen that have started every game together this year, it's been a night and day from the last two years. Uh, we had a rotating door quarterback the last two seasons and a uh, an offensive line that either didn't start – more than two or three games in a row together, or they uh, oftentimes had at least one or two knuckleheads on the field at a time. So <laughs> constant penalty issues of uh, our center Tobias Hughley, who's actually had a decent season this year, had I think no less than 16 false starts as a center last year. And that's a serious feat. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> snap infractions, false starts, you name it. But we've cleaned most of that up this year. We're still a penalty-ridden team. Uh, I think we're in the top 25, top 30, and uh, most penalized teams in the country. Uh, I attribute most of that to our game at Clemson, but, you know, that's just me being a salty fan. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're right there with the most penalized teams. I, th- I think we woke up those numbers. We're probably right next to you. Which is really strange. I, I know it drives Bobby crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have one more Lamar Jackson comment before we get into the rest of Louisville. But I saw Feinbaum tweeted out something earlier today. It was a blind quarterback comparison. It was J.T. Barrett, Deshaun Watson, and somebody else. And and when he actually revealed who it was, it was three other quarterbacks. And at the very bottom, it said but Lamar Jackson is like 10 times better than the rest of them and had all his numbers. And it was just blown right. away. It was absurd. It wasn't, got, it, it wasn't even close. He has, I think, what, 30 total touchdowns now in the year? And that's yeah. after 7-2 last Friday. Um, obviously, um, the Duke game was a little bit of a – it almost was like an aberration for the rest of the season. But honestly, I, you've played against Cutcliffe before. You know how good of a coach he is. Right. He slowed the pace down. I want to give them all the credit in the world. Uh, we made mistakes, you know, uh, especially early. 
Lamar sometimes, as good as he is, he tries to do a little too much, I think. Um, we run the read option for uh, – it's not – our primary offense, we have a very spread system uh, and a pro system. Bobby uses everything. Uh, he uses two back. He uses double tights. He uses spread. He uses pretty much any formation you can think of. Um, but when we run that read option, a lot of times Lamar, his first instinct is always to take it himself. And there were at least three different situations in the first or second quarter where uh, if, he held, if he hands the ball over to Radcliffe, uh, Radcliffe is still running. I mean, that's just basically, basically it. He, uh, so he has a tendency to, to sometimes misread the read option and, uh, his other kind of Achilles heel is he gets antsy in a clean pocket. If that makes sense to you all. Uh, he, uh, sometimes he'll be sitting there for three or four seconds in an absolute clean pocket. He, instead of stepping up in it, his first instinct is either take a, a, a step back or to even break the pocket and oftentimes gets him in trouble. Uh, that's really, uh, the only complaints I have against, honestly, I, I can't even call them complaints. They're, they're minor, <laughs> they're minor just nitpicking, but those are the things that he can work on, uh, in the off season or even get better at before December. But I mean, the kids, the kids really unreal. I hate to just sit here. It's not going to be the Lamar Jackson love fest, but he, uh, <laughs> He's a lot of fun to watch. I don't know how much fun he is to watch as an opposing fan, but you'll get it. You'll get a chance to see him up close on Saturday. I mean, I have tuned in to watch Louisville games. I mean, just to see him. So it's not far fetched to say because he is that good, and he's that mesmerizing to watch. It's kind of unbelievable. It's a lot of fun to have him in our uh, in our uniform. I, I could only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> So, so give uh, state fans who are a couple other guys, maybe on the offense or defense side of the ball, that we should pay attention to that are going to have an impact in this game, not named Lamar Jackson. Um, guys, not named Lamar Jackson on offense. You're looking at – and this thing, we're, we were pretty loaded last year, and it was really frustrating to not have a quarterback that can deliver the ball. But uh, having him – at quarterback really opens up options. Uh, Brandon Radcliffe at running back has had a phenomenal season. He's still averaging about eight yards a carry, which sounds stupid, but it's uh, it's legit. Eight, eight yards a carry and 99 yards a game. Um, Jeremy Smith had a big game against Duke, had a big 80-yard run. Uh, but the one that you need really need to look for is Cole Hickettini. Uh The guy's a touchdown machine. He's only got three this year, but uh, he's a constant threat. Uh He's a do-it-all tight end, 6'5", 245. The guy's a, a pro prospect and just uh, an electric tight end, great receiving tight end. And, of course, uh, we have a really deep uh, receiving core. I think we have nine receivers on the on the uh, depth chart that are 6'3 or above, which is an asinine number. Um, but you look at uh, Jalen Smith, James Quick, who had the unfortunate – you've probably heard his name because he was the one who cut it cut outside instead of inside because he thought he had the first down against Clemson. <laughs> but he's a great player, and he's catching a lot of uh, undue heat because of that. But he's just had the uh, the unfortunate circumstance of being, being the goad against Clemson. Uh, two years ago, he thought he had the touchdown and got ran down from behind. And then this year, he, he cut outside one yard short. But he's a great player. Um, Reggie Bonifant's kind of a utility knife. And um, – those are really the big big names on offense. On defense, best player on the on the defensive side of the ball, in my opinion, is D'Angelo Brown. Uh, he's a space-eating nose tackle. The guy is humongous. He's one of the strongest players in college football. And what he allows us to do, we play kind of a hybrid 3-4 or 4-3, um, mainly 3-4. He, uh, he allows uh, the rest of the front seven to operate uh, in space. Uh, which is good. We've got guys like Keith Kelsey and Stacey Thomas that can make plays because D'Angelo Brown's eating up two, three, def- two, three uh, blockers on every play. Um, on the exterior, uh, linebacker positions, outside linebackers, we've got Devontae Fields and James Hearns, who's had a breakout season. They're great pass rushers, especially Hearns, really had a great year. Uh, Fields has yet to have his breakout game. Uh, after last year, he had a five-game stretch where he uh, 
he really blew up at the end of the year after uh, Trevion Young got hurt. Uh, he became one of the premier pass rushers in the league and in the country. We were expecting big things out of him this year. Uh, hasn't really panned out yet, but uh, he's a prototypical outside linebacker pro prospect. And he's uh, he's a game changer regardless of whether he's getting to the quarterback or not. Uh, my personal favorite player to watch on defense and probably one of the five best players uh, on the team is Jair Alexander. Uh, he's an impact corner and also uh, one of the best return men we've had in Louisville in years. Uh, he uh, had two picks against Clemson and the kid, when he's having a game, he's just active. He's all over the place, sideline to sideline. Uh, he's great in coverage. Uh, he's great in run support. He's just a just an awesome football player all around. Our safeties are solid. Um, Josh Harvey Clemson. What am I? Clemson. Jo- Josh Harvey Clemens. <laughs> slip of the tongue. I still haven't gotten over that game. Uh, <laughs> Josh Harvey Clemens is a uh, 6'5", 235-pound strong safety. You would think he'd be the best player on our defense, but he kind of slips in and out of mediocrity at times, depending on what what uh, off type of offense we're playing and what kind of defense we get to run against him. Uh, he's good in zone, and he's good when he doesn't have to cover a large uh, a large uh, expanse in coverage. And he's uh, he's decent in run support. Then we got Chucky Williams, who. Basically, you're either scoring against Chucky, or you're gonna die. Uh, he's an all—he's <laughs> he's an all-or-nothing safety. He's—he's uh, he's coming for your heart every time he tackles you. So you're gonna die, or you're gonna score. It's basically the line on Chucky. <laughs> but yeah, the defense is solid, man. It's—it's—it's it's, it's top ten in total defense. Um, but uh, you got the old, old adages on Todd Grantham. He's, he's somehow puts up these numbers that look like elite defenses and they're in there. They are for the most part, but tend to be very frustrating to watch. Uh, we'll have breakdowns like against Clemson at the end of the game when it just looked like uh, nobody knew the coverage, you know, and just, right. It's, we've had our fair share of, of frustrations with, uh, with him as the D coordinator, but you can't argue with his overall results. So I'll back up a second to the, Wide receivers. If I remember correctly, there were 16 wide receivers who have caught passes this year. That's absurd. Yep. That, that's a crazy number. I, and this is a kind of an outsider's perspective. Uh, one, I didn't think James Cook was that close to getting that first down, so I'm not sure why he was getting too much heat. I mean, maybe he could have got it, but it would have been like a tremendous effort. So, you know, I, fans will be fans, but I think that might have been a little bit unjust. Um, yeah. The thing with that play, and I, I won't rehash it too much, is <laughs> it's, it's really painful. But um, with James, it appeared to us because it's not an effort. The guy, the guy wants to win. You know, he's he's been right. catching. Some people are questioning his effort. They're questioning his his desire. And I truly believe he thought he had the first. He just didn't know which which yard mark he needed to get to. Um. I think he was a full yard short, but I I do think the lane was there on the inside. Um, I'm not saying it would have been easy. There were two other right. defenders closing, but uh, he had he had a shot at it. He just misunderstood his place on the field. Uh, it happens, especially when you have a false start penalty, the play before. You know, he yeah. probably had a certain amount of uh, yardage in his mind where he needed to get to, and uh, that changed. It, you know, you just never know what you're, what you're thinking about when, when something like that happens. So I, yeah. I refuse to give the kid a hard time. Right. Uh, he's he's had an all conference type uh, type year, and uh, he's a local kid. He's been good to us. We need to be good to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. It's the crazy thing is no none of the wide receivers, at least none of the top ten wide receivers in Louisville, are averaging less than ten yards a catch. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Is the it, number especially after the first couple of weeks, the numbers have been video yeah. game like. Yeah, I mean that Charlotte game was absurd. So, it was. is it true? And you know, it's kind of another out, outsider's point of view. I feel like Louisville has had a lot of drops with their wide receivers. Is that something that's been a problem? Uh, yeah, uh, especially early in the season. Uh, Syracuse mm-hmm. was ridiculous. I mean, we put up. I think. 
800 yards offense or close to that, and we had 8 to 10 drop. It wasn't out of the realm of possibility for us to get 1,000 yards offense in that game, which is which is ridiculous, but that's what we were looking at. And it was guys that last year it really wasn't an issue with. Uh, Jalen Smith, uh, Cole Hikatini had a couple of drops in that game. And um, things that they, they weren't really uh, an issue with last year. But then last week against Duke, we had three or four dropped balls as well. And it's not all on the receivers. Lamar's had some accuracy issues, especially he's almost uncomfortable when he's in the pocket. Like I said earlier, in the clean pocket. And a lot of times if he's got a clean pocket and a, a receiver running free, uh, which you would think is a quarterback's dream. It's almost like uh, Lamar would rather have uh, you know a pass rush in his face and a and a uh, small window to throw it into. If that makes any sense. No, yeah, absolutely. You know I mean, I mean, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Some quarterbacks are just like that, and he's 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 kind of kind of got to get used to uh, being a successful pocket passer as well as being a you know phenomenal on the run. So. So I got, I got two more, and I'll let you get back to your Jets game. Uh, please um, don't. <laughs> so, have four or five more. <laughs> if NC State is going to win this game, what are they going to have to do? Uh, you can't turn the ball over, first of all. Uh, it's going to be a noon kick. Uh, yeah. the, the crowd will be uh, – it's a kegs and eggs crowd, so it'll, it'll be decent. You know, we'll have 50,000, people in there, but it'll be – Late arriving, you know, you can make hay in the first quarter before everybody gets their seats. <laughs> but don't turn the ball over. Like I said, uh, edge discipline is everything against Lamar Jackson. Edge discipline. And yeah. what I mean by that, and I'm sure you all know that you watch a ton of football, set the edge, defensive ends, keep contained. Uh, don't get deep or stay as deep as the deepest back. Uh, make Lamar beat you inside the pocket. Um which is where he's almost le- the least effective. If that's uh, that's I mean Duke did the best job of that this entire season, and that's that's saying something. He still had 142 yards rushing against them and 330 yards total offense, but that was his worst game of the year. And their entire their entire game plan was keep the ball, keep contain, and keep the ball out of Lamar's hands. So if you follow the David Cutcliffe. Uh, School of uh, of thinking, you're going to slow the ball down. Doran's going to take all the time he can between plays. Uh, get a nine or ten minute drive in there, and just the the, the fewer possessions Lamar has the ball, the tighter he's going to get. The tighter our entire offense is going to get, and the less damage he can do. So, ball control, no turnovers, uh, keep contained, edge discipline. That's pretty much. Oh, I mean, that sounds that sounds easy. <laughs> Right, right, just like that. <laughs> so the Vegas line has now moved to twenty. Where are you putting back your up. money? Back up to twenty now. Yeah, packs pack gets twenty in this one. You know, this town took it on the chin last Friday. We had, I think, we were favored on by thirty-four. 35. Yeah, it was my lock of the week. <laughs> was it? Which 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 side did you take? I took Louisville and given the points. <laughs> Sorry, man. What <laughs> did the rest of the town? I mean, you should hear these calling shows. You know, they're they're calling and predicting scores. They were like it was seventy three to ten was the was like the mean, I think. Uh, but you can't blame them because until, no. until the Clemson game, that's exactly what was happening every week. So, what are you gonna do? You know. But I have, like I said, I have a lot of respect for NC State. I think you guys have a good enough defense that we're not going to name our score or anything like that. Uh, I think 20 is probably about right, but if you had to press me, I think that you're getting us at a bad time, if that makes any sense. Uh, the week after the Duke game, you're on the road. You just had an emotionally draining loss. We just had a reality check or a gut check. Um, I know Bobby didn't like it, uh, and he's a vindictive prick still. So. <laughs> I like how you're on a first name basis with him. Hey, we 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 talk we we call our uh, our coaches by their first name. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Uh, Bobby, Bobby, Ricky, Benny. You know we we uh we we go first name here. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, 
No, he's still he's still good old Bobby. Uh, so he's probably going to try to try to prove a point this week. I, I'd I'd say that it's going to be close for a half. And don't hate me, but I think it's probably going to be about 38-17, 41-17 at the end of the game when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think that's but, uh, fair. I think it's we talked about. It's Dave Dorn's biggest coaching challenge. He's got to get the guys ready after that Clemson game, and that's, that's not going to be easy. That's that's a that's a that's a tall order. I, I do think you've got the right guy for the job long term, though. If my uh, my opinion means anything to you. It so. it absolutely does. It absolutely does. I lied. I got one more for you. We've talked about it. We talked last week with um, Scott Russell from Football Scoop. And we talked about with some other people. Give us the reasons why Petrino is not leaving that job. Oh, I got a bunch of them. Yeah, give to <laughs> us. I know you and I have talked about it before, but let, let's let the other people get in on our conversations. Absolutely. Um, it's probably hard to understand from an outsider, but number one, and this is above all else, uh, it's his family. He has put down roots in Louisville this time. Uh, his daughter runs his family foundation. Uh, he employs his son and his son-in-law on his staff. Uh, his son-in-law's former Louisville player, L.B. Scott. Um, basically, family's the number one. Number two, he's kind of seen the rest of the football atmosphere, or the, the football mm-hmm. landscape. And when you've worked for other bosses, you kind of realize that you got, you got it good with Tom Jurich. If you're a good coach, he'll give you whatever you want. You know, you'll get – nobody's going to outspend Tom. I mean, you may not think it with the University of Louisville, but that's not why Charlie Strong left. You know, we Charlie didn't want to be at UofL. He wanted to be at a big-name program, a traditional power. Um, Tom was willing to match dollar for dollar, but at the end of the day, he said, you know, you got to want to be here. And Bobby wants to be here. He's seen the rest of the country. He's seen Arkansas. He's seen the NFL. He's seen that the grass is not always greener. Uh, at a big name job, you can win at Louisville, and especially if he's seen firsthand this year, he can recruit the level player he needs to win in the ACC. And the ACC offers a challenge, but not an SEC West type challenge uh, to get into the playoff in the national championship. So, those are the main the main talking points, and uh, basically. Nobody here is worried about him leaving anytime soon. I think this will be the job. So yeah, I say that often, and, and people always second guess me, like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Dude, Louisville, man, they are confident he's not going anywhere," and it makes sense. So I get it. I just wanted you to share with our people, you know, what the what that perspective is all about. Absolutely, and we've been—I mean, we've been burned by as many coaches as anybody. You know, John right. L. left us. Uh, our players found out at halftime of the bowl game, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Bobby, the first time, you know, we win the orange bowl. He leaves for the Falcons a week later after every flirtation, every off season. Um, Charlie, you know, Charlie took us to sugar bowl, won the sugar bowl left for Texas, which I mean, that guy that, that couldn't be a worse fit, you know? Right. That's just, showing its uh, head now. Yeah. Everybody in Louisville knew that one, man. Charlie hates the media. And that job's all about being a salesman first and a football coach second. So, I don't know. I think they're all wishing they never left. And that's that's the common theme among every coach that leaves this job is, you know, they, they can't find one better. Not to say we're the best program in the country. That's that's not what we're saying. We really, We know our place. It's really that top 10 programs and top 10 jobs are, are not synonymous. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I think uh, our coaches are learning a little bit more every year. And Bobby's figured that one out. So we think he'll be here for the long haul. You can get paid pretty much anywhere. If, if a coach wants to go up to, you know, that next level, it's, it's an ego thing and they want the spotlight. So it doesn't surprise me if he's been around and seen that, that he, you know, he stays at Louisville long-term. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I mean, every football coach has an ego. For good yeah. reason, you have to have an ego to be a successful football coach. Well, Scott, uh, I've taken enough, enough of your time, man. Uh, I appreciate you joining us, and 
We'll make good on that game. I'm coming to the Louisville game. We're going to hit a bottle of Maker's Mark at some point. Dude, you are always welcome. You are always it. welcome. We've got a uh, Louisville hospitality for you, man. Just let me know. <laughs> it's on I the schedule. I'll get there one of these one of these years. I promise. Yeah, please do. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining us. All right, guys. We'll see you on Saturday. Huh? All right, take it Go easy. back. <laughs> see you. That was Dave Skull. Follow him uh, on on the Twitters at Biggest Biscuit. Again, the best Twitter name possible. Biggest Biscuit. Uh, good friend of mine, and you know, totally worth it. Good insight on on Louisville there. Uh, all right, you heard what he had to say. Uh, let's uh, wrap this up before your haunted room gets the best of you. Bovada has Louisville says minus twenty. Dustin, what are you feeling? Uh, you know, when I saw the, I think it opened at like eighteen, something like that, and I thought that was way too high. So naturally, twenty should seem high, but I don't know, man. That matchup nightmare uh, from a from a physical standpoint to the possible hangover that we're gonna have. Yeah, uh, I still think we cover twenty. Uh, that's a lot. I don't think we're. It is a lot. A bad team now, you know. I, plus, I don't know. It depends on how pissed off they are about the Duke deal too. So. Yeah, Duke played them close, and that's what you heard Dave just talk about. That was, you know, a well coached, a well coached team, and I guess they weren't expecting it. And neither was my lock of the week. <laughs> yeah, Speaking I mean, of lock of the weeks, well, I mean, yeah, let's go ahead and get into that. <laughs> if you take Evan's advice, you're a poor person now. I did hit a five gamer this week, though. I did. I did win the office bowl bet. Uh, I'm happy with that. My locks have been awful, though. <laughs> but it's. I'm turning it around right here. I got. We got. What eight more weeks? We're turning it around right here. So, all right. Last week, Evan took Louisville minus thirty-four. That obviously didn't work. Evan improved his record to zero and three. Since we started doing this, I. Uh, Went on a limb and took Pitt minus three, and uh, turned out to be a pretty good game actually with Pitt and Virginia. That was really weird. Yeah, so uh, that one brought me up to a record of one one and one. So <laughs> I'm basically where I started. So uh, what you got for the money maker this week? This is it. This is guaranteed. I'm, I'm starting it early, but if it's wrong, we still win. I'm taking the heels and giving eight points. Heels are favored by eight at UVA. Hmm. Yeah, they should do that, right? I mean, you would think. UVA somehow started scoring, but I think Carolina's better than they are. Is the game in Florida, though? <laughs> That's true. It's not in Florida. So... The game the game is in Virginia. Yeah. Tropical Charlottesville. That That seems like a good bet. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to go Ohio State minus 19.5 over Penn State. Penn State's is awful. That, is that at home? I believe it's at Penn State. Ooh. I could be wrong on that one, though. I think Penn State's awful. I don't agree with that. I don't, I'm not a huge bet. Give 20 on the road kind of guy. Maybe. I, I don't know. It I, is at, at Penn State. Yeah, I... I mm. I don't know. Michigan dismantled them. Dustin's coming back to the field, folks. Is he? You don't like it? <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that one. I'm telling you. I'm, sta- I'm staying away that one. I want to throw something on that, and then I'm going to do a parlay involving Ohio State minus the points and NC State plus the points. Oh, I would love it. Do it. The other one I thought was interesting was Texas Tech plus 14 at home. I know they're not very good. For getting two touchdowns at home against Oklahoma's pretty good. Still seems like a lot. I'd go the other other side of that, I think. Yeah. I mean, they just lost to West Virginia. West Virginia Not, looks yeah. tough, man. They do, surprisingly, considering they were going to fire Holgerson beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want any part of them. Yeah. But the, there again, they the one other comment. 12 defenses, so. <laughs> That's right, right. 
the one other comment I have before we close this out is that Daryl Hazel got fired from Purdue. And the only reason I mentioned that is because he was one of the four ish candidates uh, that was being interviewed for our job and got hired around that same week, actually, at Purdue. Uh, the other one was Willie Taggart at South Florida. He's actually doing pretty well. And Sonny Dykes at California, who's, uh, I think their status quo, they're probably 500 at the most. So interesting I don't to think watch they were these that guys. Good. Cal? Oh, never mind. Uh, brain dead. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, um, I think they, yeah, I don't think they've gotten any better, but yeah, so interesting to watch. Hazel got fired. They're going to probably join the less mile sweet stakes, sweep stakes. You know, that's an interesting spot for him. I, I, he's what? He's an Ohio a, Big Ten guy. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I could see it. It just seems like meh. Like Purdue? Yeah, yeah but do, do people outside of us see NC State and say meh? I guess, but at least you're not in um, <laughs> a shitty part of Pennsylvania. Purdue's in it's Pennsylvania in general. <laughs> Purdue's in Indiana, I think, is or it? Illinois. Yeah, that's what I think. Oh, that shows sure. how much I know. I'm gonna edit yeah, that out. Yeah, I'm pretty out. sure it's Indiana. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? That's funny. <laughs> no, I mean you're pretty much you're not in Purdue, wherever Purdue is. So, I mean, I, I would take Raleigh over that one, but I mean, I, I guess I get it, but still, Purdue. No thanks. Less miles, I had better opportunities in that one. Here's your. Uh... Your quiz of the day. What is uh, Purdue's mascot? The Boilermaker. What, what's the full title of the mascot? The full title? I have no idea. It's the a Boilermaker funky... Special. Oh, yeah. What the hell does that mean? Well, they turned it into a drink, I believe, but it's a steam yeah. engine because they're an engineering school. Yeah, I know the, the drink, but I, I didn't realize the, <laughs> like it's actually the Purdue Boilermaker Specials, but they don't use it, so. West Lafayette, Indiana. God, I knew I couldn't. I knew it was Indiana. I had to Google that one. Tuition is $30,900, by the way. They're a land grant school. Maybe I shouldn't hate on them so much. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's get out of here. That was good enough this week. No idea what's going to happen. Dave Dorn's guys were cut out for him. Either way. I mean, whatever happens to this game, I think he's, we'll say he's got a pass, but it, it'll be understandable. Right. So let's hope for the best. Hope Dustin hits his lines and talk to y'all next week. Take it easy. Go back. Go, go back.